Hello all, uh, welcome to another episode of Directive Stories. Uh, this is your host Raj and I'm um, a little excited, nervous again as usual. Uh, today's guest is somebody um, who is a celebrity from Hollywood, somebody who was on the Oprah show, uh, somebody whom you should listen to uh, if you are uh, looking to be um, uh, somebody uh, who wants to be an inspirational speaker or if you want to be an author. Um, so please welcome the queen of hearts, uh, Joanie Childs. So, Owen, uh, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So um, uh, could you please share or give a little intro about yourself, um, Joanne? Well, to start with, I'm 81 years old, so I have a lot that I could say. I could spend the whole time talking about myself. I'm a mother of five children. I lost one a couple of years ago, 20 years ago, to bipolar disorder, and I wrote a book, Why Did She Jump? My Daughter's Battle with Bipolar Disorder. Um, I have six grandchildren. I've been in private practice since 1978. That's almost 40, 42 years. Actually, May will be 43 years. Next month, I lost track of time. I've written three books. The first one was called The Myth of the Maiden. I have a picture of it if you want to see it. The oh, Myth okay. of the Maiden, um, Being a Woman. And this was a response to Sam King's book, Fire in the Belly, on Being a Man. The second book I wrote I just told you about was Why Did She Jump? My Daughter's Battle with Bipolar Disorder. Let me see if I can get it in the face. Yeah. Okay. And that was that chronicles her illness, her disease over over uh, 10 years and uh, the struggle that she had with it, with depression and mania, hospitalization after hospitalization. And then also our grief as a family, we have, she had four brothers and she had four siblings uh, and how we coped with it. And my personal struggle, how I t morphed my pain into purpose and passion. And by helping others, I helped myself. So uh, I think that pretty much sums it up. My newest book, which I'm excited about, is called um, I Hate the Man I Love. It is not a male bashing book, guys. It is how to have, <laughs> it's how to have a conscious relationship with your um, your significant other. And it's how, it, the actually subtitle is a, a conscious relationship is your key to success. So after working with couples and women for the past 43 years and hearing them lament about how they hate their loved one or how they hate their husband, how they hate their boyfriend, I would say to them, why are you with someone that you hate? And they would, all of them, without even knowing each other over the, over the years would say, well, I don't really hate him. I just hate his behavior sometimes when he's not present, when he's acting like a jerk, when he's not listening, when he doesn't hear me, when he doesn't see me. Otherwise, we're great. We have fun and, and I love him. But I got, so I said, so you hate the man you love. Is that right? Yeah, they would say. And this was unanimously. And then I thought, you know what? That would be a great title for a book. So there, here it is. It was born out of the mouth of babes. I don't mean babies. I mean women. And that's how it arrived. Uh, and it was released just recently. And you can purchase it on Amazon uh, in the United States uh, at your favorite bookstore. I don't know how what your favorite bookstore has in India, but here we don't even have any bookstores open. And there's no book signings because of the pandemic, which was which made this the worst possible time to release a book. But it's the way it is, and I have to just take the bitter with the sweet, and hopefully it'll be selling anyway. Yeah, I, awesome. That short the short question with the long answer, I apologize. That's, that's absolutely fine, Joanna. In fact, uh, again, uh, when did we uh, give the title? Like, when were you referred as Queen of Hearts? Was it uh, somebody given by an organization or... Uh, is it something which we uh, claimed it for ourselves as queen of hearts? Well, I self-proclaimed because I've been working with couples and helping them restore the connection, uh, their relationships, their marriage for so many years that it just dawned on me when I started to figure out what do I want to use as a brand. It came down to two, queen of hearts or Joan of hearts. So I 
chose Queen of Hearts over Joan of Hearts um, only because it just, I, I asked a few people and the vote was very close, but the vote was Queen of Hearts. So uh, that's how I ended up with the Queen of Hearts title. It was when I started to brand. And like I said, I'm 81 years old, Raj, and all this, yeah. all this vernacular uh, terminology is like learning a new language for me because I was born in 1939 and um, I, I got started in 1978 and I had to do it the old fashioned way, knock on doors. I'll speak to anyone that will listen to me and go to every, you know, and every church, every, every, every religious order that I could find, uh, police departments, fire departments, rotary clubs, optimist clubs, women's clubs, men's clubs, anyone that would let me speak, I would speak. And that's how I developed a successful practice, the old fashioned way. And then around the turn of the century, I guess it was around 2000, the, the World Wide Web opened up and I was like a baby. I didn't understand a word of it. And I learned on DOS, myself which, wow which <laughs> I, mean, I, I was in school uh, uh <laughs> when you talk about dos i was in probably i was in middle school i wouldn't say high school uh -huh. um but that's that's amazing so self i mean the joke <laughs> I don't know how I did it. Even my kids are amazed because most of the time I have to kids ask my kids, how do I do this? How do I do that? Mom, you learned how to DOS by yourself. You wrote three <laughs> books on, 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 on the computer. You know a lot more than you think you do. And they have to keep reminding me that I can figure it out if I just stay focused. But at this age, you know, the mind is not as good as it was when you're 30, 40, 50, even 60. And then you start getting rusty up here. And I think it's it's part of the human experience. But anyway, I manage. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in fact, what keeps you going, uh, Joanna? As in, um, 80 years is like probably uh, way too experienced in terms of therapy or being an international speaker. And one reason I was able to get in touch with you is by looking at the virtual book sign um, which is which is on youtube i'm like that's amazing i've never seen anybody do virtual sign ups on book signs again through youtube and one of the best perfect things to see in the post pandemic world so could you please uh, share as to what led to the invention i would say like is there a team who would help you manage all this the marketing team or uh, do you do all this by yourself? Um, yeah, I do it all by myself. And, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, as we know. And being that the bookstores are not holding book signings, I had to figure out, I had to be creative and figure out a way that I could put my book out there because it really is full of wonderful information. It's very helpful. It's 43 years of experience. So I had to figure out how to navigate getting it out there and since we have zoom and we have youtube i said i'm going to just do a, a self virtual book signing and talk about my book one chapter at a time so i made 11 i made 11 uh, virtual uh recordings video recordings and i put them on and i'm doing it over again starting with the first i think we're on number six this week again the second time and i plan on doing it a third time because it has to get out there and some people miss it the first and second time so i i made 11 videos and i put them all out one 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 a week or twice two a week maybe i have an seo person that helps me with social media Wow. Uh, and, and Google. So um, I'm not doing it all alone, but I create all the writings myself. And you'll probably receive shortly the newsletter that I wrote for April, which includes all my latest blogs and the virtual book signing of where we're up to this week. I think it's number six. So that's it, it's just a matter of creativity and I'm very fortunate, Raj, because inside of me, on an unconscious level, I'm very conscious of it now, there lives a muse, and she 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 compels me. She's a she's a compulsive part of me, and she gets me up. I got up at three o'clock in the morning two days ago because wow. I was compelled to write something that was in my mind. She put in my mind. I had no idea it was there until this unconscious part of me, you know. As a therapist, we know that we're made up, we're not monolithic. 
we have many parts. Yeah, I'm a mother, I'm a grandmother, I'm a writer, I'm a psychotherapist, I'm a daughter, uh, I'm a friend, and uh, I'm an author, a speaker. And also, I, I'm a, I have a compulsive nature inside of me that seems to push me to something that um, I'm not even aware of on a conscious level until I get that push. And once I, I woke up at three in the morning, I finished the article about four, and I said, oh, my God, how did I do this? I was in a deep sleep when I woke up and came to the computer as if I was magnetically pulled or drawn there. So I think a muse lives inside of me and tells me when and what to do and how to do it. And I seem to follow her because it, it's the the evidence for the, the reinforcement is so positive that I don't want her to leave me. And I, I keep going like, um, you know, like the, what do you call it? The rabbit, the, the bunny rabbit, the, the energy bunny. That seems to be my, my nature that I'm, I, I don't think of myself as 81. I don't look 81. My mother was dead at 77. And my father didn't look anything close to his age when when he died at 89. But I just feel like I'm not 81. I'm going to be 82 soon, but I don't feel it. I feel like I'm 30 or 35 intellectually, spiritually, physically, not so much, but not so bad either. I mean, I walk three to four miles a week. I live on a plant based diet and uh, I do yoga and I do uh, Pilates and I have a dog and I have a cat and those are the things that are therapeutic also so it's living a really clean and good life I mean it isn't like I don't drink I have a glass of wine with dinner occasionally I have a, a martini occasionally so I don't deny myself you know everything I don't even once in a blue moon I even have fish I look forward to that. But for the most part, you know, I, I, it's my lifestyle that keeps me young and keeps me spirited and keeps me active. So I will let, let your viewers know that lifestyle, more than my plastic surgeon, is a result of my youth. Awesome. Combination. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Awesome, Joanny Charles. In fact, uh, this makes me wonder at times, um, um, if if Oprah had similar kind of journey like you had been through, uh, starting her own private practice in Florida, uh, probably since 1978, I guess you both would be similar. Um, well, I mean, she was in the right time at the right place, and she had a good fortune, a good luck, which is a big piece of it. Um, <clears throat> And I, I, I wasn't really, um, I just did what came naturally and I followed my bliss and I worked very hard. I didn't have the fame and fortune of Oprah, probably never will, but that's okay. Because Raj, to tell you the truth, I have what money can't buy. I have a great life. I have great children, grandchildren, good health, a private practice with my clients who really support me. And, uh, I, you know, I, I feel very successful, even though I don't have anything close to her fortune, and I never will. But, you know, God bless her for doing what she did, because, you know, she really brought a lot of goodness to the world. And I had the opportunity back in 1999, when I wrote um, The Myth of the Maiden, to get on her show. Uh, and uh, that was an experience that I had wanted. I put it out there to the universe, and I, I was the, it was a dream that came true, and basically that is how I live my life. I, I, I put it on the horizon what I want. I do the footwork so that it's not just up to God to take care of me. I have to do the footwork, but I will tell your audience from my experience <clears throat> that when a person decides to commit the universe always seems to cooperate. So I had the good fortune of making the commitment, following through with my part, and then I had the universe supporting it. So that's a good lesson that I can share with your viewers. Make the commitment, do your footwork, and the universe will cooperate. Awesome. Uh, this, is, this is amazing. In fact, um, going through what I read today, uh, that also reminds me that there, there was this uh, licensed therapist, uh, LMSW, LCSW uh, exam group where I shared that uh, anybody who re reads 
uh, this I pray that they are going to be successful and I saw lots of engagement people scrolling and thank you so much uh, Joanny Charles for sharing that if you commit the universe will certainly cooperate so this kind of uh, almost all the books sounds like law of attraction anybody who reads the books these books the myth of the maiden or probably i hate the man i love i guess there's a conscious effort i guess this is kind of law of attraction probably whatever you read is something which you attract into your life yeah. uh, because it puts in those thoughts so um again coming back to uh, your um childhood uh prior to whatever i guess the most of the book talks about uh post marriage and the kind of life you had as a therapist as an author as an international speaker but i would like to go couple of years further um what kind of childhood uh, you had been through joan charles like um i just wanted to know the kind of uh, schooling which you had was it also inspirational did you uh, make a thought or did you see this as something which you are going to do for the rest of your life after 50 years 60 years 80 years this is something which you have already uh, visualized as a child or how did this uh, as a child how was your learning and schooling uh, there's a loaded question raj there's a lot of answers to that first of all i came from a, a wonderful parents my father and my mother uh, they were poor but they were rich in values and principles and work ethics so i learned a lot from my parents uh they worked hard and they tried to give us my brother and i what they couldn't have because they were the first they were first um uh you're uh and uh, they were first uh, uh immigrants but first uh, their parents came over in the beginning of the um my grandparents they came over to the united states at the beginning of the uh, 20th century around 1908 uh and so they were very poor they were impoverished and we lived in in poverty uh until i went uh to school to um high school high school we only had one high school in the city of miami beach and it was a divided city it had it had the wealthiest people that owned all the hotels on on the on the ocean on the uh and the restaurants uh, businesses and then they had the other side like a mason dixon line the south and the north that were poor but when we all got to high school we all enmeshed we all amalgamated into one group and we learned we were came from a time an era i have to tell you i was born in 1939 but i was raised uh in the 50s and in living in a city like miami beach in the 1950s was like living in a bubble we didn't even know how how wonderful we had it until years later it reminds me of ts eliot when he wrote never do we cease in our exploration okay. and at the end of all our exploring is to arrive at the place we first began only know it for the first time and basically that was my life we came up in an era that was the last age of innocence where there was no muggings there were no suicides there were no shootings uh, no i mean it was it was like a a, a an in last age of innocence so i grew up in a very healthy warm supportive environment went to high school here and then i went to college to the university of miami and my my uh, undergraduate work was in education i became a teacher uh, i taught for about elementary school teacher for about 5 years and i started having my own kids and uh, got divorced with five children from ages 3 to 11 so i don't just talk about life i lived it and i didn't have anywhere to go or or any uh, any you know any place to be except to try to figure out how to keep a roof over the five children so i worked three jobs and it costs a lot of um adversity to my kids but they had to learn to get up on their own two feet and you know take care of them because i wasn't there to really nurture and mother them the way i would have liked to i had you know children don't know about electric bills and mortgages so um i did my best and then i went to graduate school at berry berry college at the time it's now berry university and i had a graduate degree in social work uh yeah and at the time with that degree you could do psychotherapy and that i spent years i mean literally years and years and years developing more uh, awareness more knowledge more courses in psychology and 
working with couples uh, where we have to. We, we have to have CEUs in order to maintain our licenses. So I developed uh, an interest in grief because I lost my daughter and I became a grief counselor. And I developed an interest in inner child work, working with one of the most famous um, inspirational speakers and psychologists and authors in the United States and also all over the world, John Bradshaw, who was considered the golden boy of recovery. And he really set a movement with the inner child work. And so I developed uh, an affiliation with him and became known as the inner child expert. And I'm still doing it. I still work with clients uh, on Zoom uh, and in person doing, um, oh, thank you for putting that up there. Yeah, he was well known in the recovery movement and it was the, to be able to understand the unmet needs of the child, the wounds, the child wounds because of poor parenting or dysfunctional parents or, or, or are they children of alcoholics and the way that they, they were either abused or neglected or abandoned in childhood and how that manifested in compulsive behaviors, whether it was alcohol or drugs or any kind of addiction. And he was on uh, public television. And when I saw him, it's another another dream. When I saw him on, on public television, I said, I have to meet this man and I have to bring him to Florida. He was in California at the time or and also Texas. And so my daughter ended up the one that passed away. She ended up being their primary therapist out in the John Bradshaw Center in Hollywood, California. I went out to visit her, talk about manifestation, putting it out there on the horizon, you know, your dreams. I met him and I said, look, I'd like to bring you to Florida and do a workshop. And without realizing what I was getting into, uh, we had 4,000 people show up for four days wow. at the convention center. And that developed into Joan Ch Joni Childs and Associates because I had to train 17 therapists to be prepared for this event. And John uh, came twice, once to Miami Beach and the other time to Fort Lauderdale. And I had to have the aftercare. So my practice was huge. 17 therapists, six locations or six offices in three different counties in South Florida. And the one of the newspapers, Sun Sentinel, did an article called The Inner Child of Joan Childs. So I got very, I got famous in the area. And then now with Google, I'm all over the world. And uh, so people call me to do intensives from everywhere. I did one from Shanghai. I did one from just this week. I did it from New Zealand, everywhere. And now you in India. And I mean, this, this is all due to, you know, technology we could never have done this when i first started this is amazing i i can't get over it to me it's the same thing i'm wondering how that plane gets off the ground and flies i could never get that concept even though i know nothing about aeronautics it still it still amazes me that planes get off with a, a little you know one or two people in the cockpit picking it up technology feels the same way to me. How do I speak to you, Raj, who I don't know how many miles you are, but we're about 12 hours apart from each other. And here we are together and putting together something that might help people, you know, whoever is listening or watching this production. So I have to tell you that I'm very grateful to you for giving me this wonderful opportunity to share my knowledge with the people that are going to be watching and listening to this it gives my it fills my heart with gratitude so thank you again so thank you thank like you Joanne. yes yeah you're welcome and you know i i told you when we started your loaded question i could talk for hours because i have so much life experience and i can share my life experience with you be, with the world because i've been married and divorced three times i had five children i lost a child i lost my parents you know, I had many relationships, very, very, a lot of relationships, which got me into why we, why do we struggle with relationships so much? Because I'm a well-educated, nice, a very nice person, and I like to do good things. And how did I get so screwed up in my relationships? And then I hear all these other people, and then I said, I got to figure this out. So it took years for me to try to get the answers, and I think even though I may not have all the answers and I never have all the answers, I, I accumulated a lot and I put it into this book. So it's a rich book with techniques 
and with uh, and with ways of recreating or restoring relationships that through the years fell apart. And don't give up, guys, because it can. It, it's very not only possible; it's probable. So. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, thank you, Joanne Charles. In fact, um, I'm like uh, speechless. I would say with the kind of things which you have shared, I'm so sorry for the loss uh, in your family, um, losing you. so many things. I guess uh, things also shape us or they make us stronger. Um, the kind, yeah. yes, yeah, the kind of adversities also open new they open new doors. And I should say I'm six thousand miles away from you. Um, 12 hours with the time difference of 12 hours for sure. Um, but we as a direct shifts as a company, we are headquartered in New York. Um, though we are a technology-based company, we do have 100,000 clinicians or uh, 500,000 clinicians on our platform who are active uh, seekers. Probably they'll be looking for locum tenens or moonlighting or per diem. So in fact, they all look for their jobs as per the in the healthcare sector. Uh -huh. Most of them are uh, busy uh, doing their regular shifts or trying to fill in the hours uh, for the people who are in need of uh, the medical attention. So normally I take care of uh, bringing in the stories from be it therapist, counselors, or somebody with a, uh, any any healthcare background, be it a physician or family a family medicine or somebody who's had been a nurse practitioner. So let's speak about uh, this, Johnny Charles. In fact. The post-pandemic world, it's been more than a year, probably um, due to the uh, COVID-19, things had changed. Uh, technology had brought our lives closer, that's for sure. Yeah. And there is this teletherapy and uh, telehealth where people get paid anywhere between $50 to $400 or $500 an hour. But... Um, Therapy as a field, teletherapy or being um, a psychotherapist, what is your one advice for the clinicians who are uh, with their own stress or probably going through burnout because all those clinicians also had been through tough marriages, they had tough relationships yeah. or they had um, different kinds of relationship with their children, the post-pandemic parenting. I guess it's an ocean full of topics to be discussed, but in your own words, as somebody who had lived, I, I feel that most of these therapist counselors, they pass the exam by going through or reading the books, by going through a bunch of questions and answers. And I see lots of effort, which is put by them. I, a couple of them do uh, attempt those exams. For the licensure exam, I know people who had given more than 10 attempts or 15 attempts. It's very tough to crack the exam, but in your own words, what what is your advice for upcoming therapists or counselors or what should be the current ones doing who is not finding enough work due to lack of uh, right information in the place or through social media? What is your advice to them? Oh, that's another loaded question. Well, I can only share my own experience and um, I never gave up. There were times that I wasn't making any money and I didn't even have money to buy milk for my family and I had nowhere to really, no resources outside of my own to do it. So it isn't like I came from, uh, you know, a rich a, background. A silver, yeah. a silver spoon in my mouth. I had to earn my own way in life, uh, not unlike Oprah, uh, but I didn't get the breaks that Oprah got. So, um, <laughs> so I, um, I, I would give advice, uh, which I never do by the way, because nobody usually takes it, but um, it's, <laughs> You know, to believe to believe in yourself and not to give up. Uh, this pandemic probably was the most challenging time of my life, and I lived much longer than most of the people out there. Um, uh, I never had anything confront me like this, and the, we had to adapt to survive, and that takes um, creativity. It takes courage. It takes faith. It takes hope. It takes a lot of work. But you stick with it, and eventually, like I said, the commitment that you make, the universe does cooperate. I'm a very spiritual person, Raj. I, you know, I believe in my faith, and I believe and I trust 
that it is a friendly universe. If you, you know, you put what you put out as my father used to say, you know, what you put, he had a thousand platitudes. What you put in is what you get out. If you lay down with dogs, you're going to get up with fleas, make hay when the sun shines. And I used to laugh at him, but now I use it. <laughs> now that he's gone for so many years, I think about those platitudes and I say, hey, dad, you were spot on. Um, this is going back to the pandemic and, and it, it, it impacted me as well as all my, my colleagues and friends who are in the mental health profession, but they all did what I did. You know, they were creative and they had to, uh, they had to take lemons and turn them into lemonade and the universe cooperated by giving us zoom and Skype and podcasts and the ability to do what exactly what we're doing now and also social media. So there's a lot of help out there if you know how to tap into it. And I have to really pat myself on the back because I just don't have, I wasn't born with, you know, in the uterus with the understanding of, um, of technology. The language, the lingo was all brand new to me. So I have to say, you know, good job, Joni, you, you figured it out one way or the other. And I didn't do it all by myself. I have a, a tech person that helps me out once in a while. And I have a neighbor that helps me out because she's a Mac person and I'm a PC person. So, you know, she, she figures it out for me. I have, I have a Mac as well as a PC, but I navigate better on, on a PC. So I learned to ask for favors and I return favors and what I can help, you know, whenever I can help someone, I, I believe in the uh, I believe in giving. I believe in the concept of the it was a book called The Secret that you know you you have to put it out to the universe of what you want and again do the footwork. You can't expect to stand still and expect money to fall out of the sky. It's not going to happen. It's a delusionary system. You've got to work hard. And so if you want something, work for it. Don't expect it to be handed to you. And if you work for it and you keep the faith you'll get what you what you want put it out on the horizon and make sure that you think about it and do all the steps that you have to do listen i never thought i was going to publish three books but it was another dream and i worked at it and I, this this book here took me about two years to write and publish and edit and all the things that go into it and then boom the pandemic came and I can't sell it. I have 200 books in my garage and nobody to sell it to. So I had to accept the fate that this is what happened and there's nothing I can do about it. It broke my heart, but um, I feel that this too shall pass and there'll be a time for me to sell these books because it's too good for it to go underground and, and be dismissed. So to all of you therapists and mental health workers and, and, and health you know, health professionals, um, just believe in what you're doing, have faith and don't give up. Just never, ever give up. I think, I think it was Joseph Campbell was interviewed many, many, excuse me, many years ago. And they said, what, what advice would you give to the young people today? And he said, follow your bliss, become the person that you were intended to be. Don't live out anybody else's assignments. And, uh, just because somebody gives you an answer doesn't mean that the, it, it's the right answer. Think for yourself, work it out. And if you can't work it out within yourself, find a therapist, somebody that can help at least navigate with you, facilitate with you, talk it through with you, let you vent. Because you'd be surprised sometimes just by talking to a non-judgmental, objective person, you can recognize what you need to do and you can get the fortitude and the determination to make it happen. I hope that answered that question. Yes, it does. Again, believing in yourself is the first thing which I would say because um, the biggest excuse which I heard from almost um, lots of therapists, counselors is lack of time. Uh, people are too busy uh, with their uh, regular work. Probably right. they didn't have time for themselves. Yeah. Um, I, I know a few therapists who could easily make $500 uh, uh, just by doing something uh, for this week. Uh, probably, again, it would be with the kind of teletherapy opportunities which we normally offer through a um, uh, few, few of our uh, clients. But uh, with respect to things which keeps you going, uh, the kind of uh, 
though this book had been launched and you said you had hundreds of them in the garage the yeah. book is available virtually through amazon barnes and nobles and books a million bnp so it's just going through the link so precisely it would answer almost all the questions which you have which i have mentioned mainly in terms of therapy uh, but again uh, continuing our conversation uh, johnny chal so what um, again going back to the circle uh, what made you decide your um, to get into the social work mainly at barry university uh, was there any was it uh, is it some kind of a need for the job which made you get into social work or um, i mean i just wanted to know how you stepped into the world of social work well that's an interesting and very good question i'm going back now to when i was in my 30s with five children by the time i was 32 um and um i um i was in my own therapy at the time because i was getting a divorce with five children and i had a friend that said i think it might be helpful to you for you to go and get some um therapy some psychotherapy and so i i want to mention that going back to your last question you know in and in, in how what advice would i give one of the things that helped me more than anything else was mentors i had wonderful mentors my first my therapist was an analyst a psychoanalyst and a therapist and i worked with him for 12 years from the time i was 32 until i was 44 the first 5 years i was in psychoanalysis and i was trying to find out why was i so unhappy why was i so um uh just just not in touch with my feelings i wasn't even i didn't even know i wasn't in touch with my feelings until my girlfriend said it to me because i was acting out in very um in very um destructive ways so it was through my first mentor which was my therapist that i was able to understand what was going on in my relationship that was causing me the pain and suffering and i used to say things like i want to do what you do because he sat in a rocking chair with a pipe and went back and forth and he just listened and he helped me work through some of my issues and most of them were uh, regarding my relationship and also my childhood wounds even though i had wonderful parents being coming from poverty and going into a a a, a school where everyone that i didn't know were very wealthy and they had things that i didn't have so it was like the haves and the have nots and i felt shame and i felt that i wanted what they had and why couldn't i have what they had so there was a lot of a lot of constituents that went into this and my mentor uh, my therapist was probably the first and when i said to him i want to do what you do he said put your money where your mouth is you can do it <laughs> so i i i knew what that meant it meant i got to get an educate i got to get a graduate school education and i had five little children so i knew that i didn't have really time to get a phd in psychology because it would take years so i took the shortcut with social um, and by having a um a law degree in all right what they called an msw and later on in 1982 they turned it into licensing so i became a licensed clinical therapist a social worker and i joined the national association of social workers and i went to all of the conferences to keep the uh, the ceus which the continuing edu- education units up to date uh, and through that process through that tra- trajectory over the years i met a lot of mentors so i have to give credit to those mentors john bradshaw was one of them after my therapist um it brought me into hedy schleifer who you see on the yeah. show, who did international relationship uh, 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 uh therapist uh and she did ECCT which was encountered centered uh the couples therapy and i studied with her in a master class for 3 years with wow. different, different therapists from all over the world uh there were about 40 of us that came to miami through uh twice a year april and november for 5 days we worked uh 12 hours a day together in this wonderful um relationship builder uh kind of uh uh workshop together we even have reunions afterwards so it was she was a major 
uh, mentor in my life. There was a psychiatrist by the name of Edmund Cava from uh, Italy, but he lived here in the United States. And um, he, um, he was another great mentor. He taught me, you know, he said to me, so what kind of practice, what kind of uh, therapy do you do? And I said, psychodynamic. And he said, are you still doing that greasy kid stuff? You have to learn how to do neuro-linguistic programming. And he, he led me into the field and the pathway to NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. And I went and studied with the, the major developers of it, uh, John Grinder. And I can't even think right now who his partner was. And then uh, after that, he taught me, he said, now you have to learn EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing and cognitive behavioral therapy. So I built up like a ladder. I kept stepping up and accruing different modalities to enrich the therapeutic process, kind of like a golfer who has a golf bag. And if he only has one golf club, he's going to play a pretty shitty game of golf. So I had to have a lot of these modalities and know which one to choose, just like a golfer knows which iron to pick up at which shot it's doing. So um, over the years, my mentorships, my colleagues, my studies that I kept accruing different modalities to add to my golf bag, all of that was a, a, a trajectory that made me a what I'd say today, a polished veteran therapist. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm not just out of school. I've, I've lived life, like I said, and it's not like I'm saved and you guys aren't. You know, I went through this too, and it was a learning process, a learning curve. But I, I took the mistakes that I made, which everyone makes, because that's part of the human condition. And I developed it into a learning process and grew. I grew from, I went to my growth edge. Each time I made a mistake, I learned from it and processed it and tried to become better at not only my profession, but also as a human being, you know, giving up certain bad habits and learning how to be more sensitive to other people, more, more uh, compassionate and more understanding and developing my skills to to the to where they are today so i feel qualified in my field i'm not talking about psychiatry now because i am not a psychiatrist and i don't know anything about i know a little but i'm not enough to practice psychopharmacology and nor am i allowed to uh, by state law or by you know by country law so i don't dispense medication but whatever i learned it took time to make and it had to make mistakes to learn the lessons you just don't go you know flying through life without tripping a few times the goal is to be able to learn from your mistakes and not repeat them and to be the best that you can be to always do the right thing and then sometimes the hardest thing to do is to do the right thing but it takes integrity it takes practice it takes being faithful to yourself and the profession, learning how to say no, setting boundaries. I mean, I, like I said, Raj, you got a talker here. I can go on and on. So I don't want to, I don't want to. I'm, 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 I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. I'm, I'm like wondering um, what kind of value we can bring to the table for people going through all kinds of thoughts, sitting in the quarantine, um, I, every word which you share is amazing. It's adding value to probably the listeners who would catch this or probably hit the replay on the Google podcast or Apple podcast or who would also go through a couple of these um, through our social media channels. So um, this is this is interesting insights, which normally anybody wouldn't be able to share because you've been through that path. You've been through that experience. That's right. Experience is so valuable. Uh, to whatever profession you're in, the, the longer or the more experience you have, uh, the more you're, you know, you're, you grow in the capacity to be excellent at, at what you do. You can't do this when you're first coming out of school. You know, it takes years of practice and years of experience of years of saying, what else, what am I doing wrong that I could learn to do right? Because we don't really know anything when we come out of school. We just learn the, the books. It's the years of practice. And, and even, and I have to give credit to you uh, just for doing the show with me because this puts the information that I've acquired only through experience and the years out there to help other people that have questions that want to know what it is that made me successful 
And even with times that I wasn't successful, uh, I, I just kept going. I never gave up um, because I had this belief in myself and I had mentors and people that believed in me to support me, good friends, colleagues. And so it takes, like I think it was Hillary Clinton that says it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a therapist also. So, you know, we can't do this alone. Don't think you can. And um, the more help you have, the richer it is. The, you know, the more you get uh, insights to other people's uh, modalities and learn different ways of helping people, it only enriches your own practice. And the gratitude that I have in doing this work and writing the books and speaking is the response that I get from the people that are in my path. I am so grateful to have them in my life yeah. and so grateful that I was able to effectuate change and help them because some of them were really at the bottom of the barrel when they came to me. And I just felt clueless myself. Where do I begin? You know, how do I, how do I, because they're so damaged some of these people from early childhood abuse that, and they've been in all kinds of addictive behaviors and their lives have been ruined. And I don't see anyone that's using, by the way, they have to be clean and sober for me to work with them because I do what's called second stage recovery. So the fact that I have been able to, there's been a metamorphosis for the better from people that were really down and out to where they're functioning and they're living their lives and they have joy and they have happiness, that gives me gratitude because I feel somewhat instrumental in that course. Not that I did it alone. Believe me, you never do it alone. You have to have a cooperative partner, which they are. And those that aren't, don't make it because I am not that powerful that I can affect change in others unless they themselves want to affect the change. So it takes a cooperative partner to do this. Yeah, that is true. But again, uh, with respect to the way the marriages are due to this digital world, um, I know despite the professional success which you had, I'm just going through again the myth of the maiden on being a woman. Uh, the kind of motherhood, everybody trying to work, um, balance their work life, oh, uh, trying to work, <laughs> trying to work from home. All these working moms, there is a huge pressure because the husband is working from home. Uh, the kids are home. There's no school. Everything is online. There's lots of pressure on the uh, woman at home. Like, what's your advice for, again, for all those uh, people who are still trying to balance many things. Again, it's not happily married ever after. Like it's no longer happily married ever after. Everybody uh, trying to pick their brains. Yeah. There's so much of frustration because of too many webinars, too many uh, things to be done, so little time, people not able to catch up sleep. There's a break in their uh, regular working hours. So. Um, how how do, I don't know how you manage things, but what are the secrets uh, for anybody out there, apart from yoga, Pilates, and uh, the diet, the planned diet? What are the other things which people can do in their thirties or forties? Well, you know, you, that's another loaded question because we're in the we're in the midst of this chaotic time, and it's created, and our brains are hardwired for connection. And when we go into a disconnect or we go into overload or overwhelm, uh, we go into crisis. And so we've got to be able to figure out how to get out of these situations that a lot of it isn't, is out of our control. We have no control over the, the pandemic except for our own personal interest in wearing masks, double masks, getting the vaccine, social distancing, washing our hands, the best that we can do. But, you know, it, People are not designed to, to be together 24-7. That's not a healthy situation. You know, it's like living with gutter rats. They bite each other. And we can get into arguments that normally we wouldn't get into if we had our own separate lives, like going to work to our own specific, we have our own agenda for the day. The kids go to I school. love that. I love that. Yeah, but, that is that is true. Yeah, you, you, you were not designed, we're, we're social people, but we're not designed to be social 24-7 or to be with each other 24-7. We need our own space. It's, it's, a, it's a human need to have our own space. And when we're together 24-7, we become like gutter rats. So we have to 
here's where my book comes into play. A conscious relationship is your key to success. We have to be conscious. We have to develop ways of managing, balancing career and motherhood, career and fatherhood, husband and wifery. It all has to be on a cognitive conscious level. So we have to get rid of a lot of stuff that isn't really that important. I mean, I get overwhelmed too. I have so many things that, you know, I, I get at least three to 400 emails a day. There's no way wow. in hell, there's no way in hell I can possibly answer that. So I come and I, and after two or three days, I have to try to delete them because otherwise I'll just, I, I'll get overwhelmed and I don't have children at home anymore. I'm a grandmother and my kids are living by themselves and so forth with their children. So I don't have the trials and tribulations of parents that have children at home because of homeschooling now uh, and not being able to go. Listen, my grandson, who is an, an, a freshman in, in college, he missed his prom, his senior prom because of COVID. He missed his graduation because of COVID. Uh, and um, he was at the, uh, I don't know if you heard about the shooting at the Marjorie Douglas uh, school, high school, where they, a shooter came in and just Yeah, blew I up. heard about it, yeah. Well, he was under a desk when, you know, as with, with other kids. And so he had post-traumatic oh. stress disorder. That all comes back to the family, the mother and father, because they have to deal with these issues that their children are struggling with. So there's got to be a conscious method, a conscious choice. What can we live without? Parents have got to go to sleep at night holding each other instead of their computers. They've got to put their computers away at a certain time, no matter what. And there's going to be fallout. There's going to be some things that they're going to have to give up in order to to have a, a more balanced life. Uh, they, and these are choices that we have to make. What is in the best interest of our family, of our relationship, of ourselves? And I have to make those choices like everybody else because I can't possibly answer 300 emails a day, let alone I've got about 12,000 people on LinkedIn and my network and something like 5,000 in Facebook. There's no way I can accommodate that unless I hire people. I don't have the money to do that. So I don't have, you know, I don't have a staff, you know, or even, even an assistant that can do it. I'm, I'm a one man band. So I, I'll stop working, you know, at, at seven o'clock at night. That's it. I won't, I won't even put the computer on. I make sure I make time to talk to my children. And I try to make time to make talk to my grandchildren, but they, they, they just say, hi, grandma. That's it. You know, um, I love you. That's it. But whatever it is, even if it's a minute connection, uh, and I try to take care of myself. Oh, you know, I don't, I don't get massages right now because of the pandemic, but you know, I'll, I, I have a massage chair and my, you know, I have a cat and then I have a dog and the dog, you know, is connected to me, but it's, you have to manage your time. Time management is essential. And then you have to say, what can we live with and what can we live without? And make sure that you follow that. And there are going to be times that you're going to have certain things that you have to do that will take priority and you have to learn how to prioritize and know that you're going to have to give up something to get something. You can't have it all. And those of you that are trying to get it all in in 24 hours are going to collapse one way or the other. It's, there's, you know, it's, it's really quantum physics. You can only put so much water, you know, I can only put so much iced tea in this 16.8 fluid ounce bottle. And if I try to put more in, it's going to spill over. So basically, if you hold your arm up, you know, like this, so if you can see me, if you yeah. hold it up, you know, and put a book in it, you might be able to hold it up for only for minutes, but you try to hold it up for 20 minutes, your arm is going to hurt and it's going to fall. So you just have to know what you can do and what you can't do and to respect you have to respect your, your your intelligence and your choices and live by them. So these are new things that we have to do. You know, we could have we didn't have to do this before the pandemic. It was much we lived a free life. It was wonderful. It was uh, going out to, to restaurants at night and going to the movies and going to concerts, go to go to New York and go to the theater. If there's no Broadway anymore. I mean, it's like it's almost like a like a a nuclear bomb hit the world, you know, and this, I remember watching a movie when I was 19 years old called On the Beach, 
where there was a nuclear war and that were the only country that was left to survive was Australia before the radioactive fallout came. And this was like a nuclear war, an emotional nuclear war, where we all had to learn how to adapt in order to survive. And survival is not really a living life, it's existing. So we had to learn how to slowly implement living life into existing. And we're slowly getting out of it. And the, you know, the medical community, thank God, science is coming up with vaccines and we have to follow their advice. And there's been so much you know, ambivalence about that and political involvement with that, that it's hard for the average person to know what the right thing is to do. I always follow the advice of science and I had both my vaccines. And so uh, I'm hopeful that if enough people get it, that we'll be able to flatline the, uh, the pandemic and go back to what I believe is going to be a new normal, never like before. We are now have to appreciate the planet take care of the planet and be conscious of the planet and be conscious of each other and the work that we do and try to manage time like we probably didn't have to do before, but we must do it now and take care of our bodies, take care of our spirit and take care of our minds because basically the body, the mind and the spirit are one anyway, healthy body, healthy mind, healthy mind, healthy spirit. So it's a unification of the body, the mind and the spirit and being able to parent it, nurture it, take care of it because really we only have one life. And I know that it's finite. I know that more than a 30 year old, a 40 year old, a 50 year old, that because those people think we're gonna live forever until they get to be an octogenarian. And we say, oops, you know, <laughs> how much time is left, you know? And even I have a hard time accepting a finite life. But listen, death comes to all of us. None of us are getting off the planet alive. I don't care who you are. So we have to make the most of it. And, and then you have to define what are our priorities? What's the most important things in our lives? What really matters? What doesn't matter? And this takes philosophy. And sometimes it takes counseling to be able to sort it out or coaching even. I'm a life coach too, by the way. So I think I don't think there's anything I missed. Yeah, grief counselor. No, again, as a grief counselor, in fact, this this reminds me of um, uh, being a grief counselor. Uh, I don't know how the therapy works, but do people hop in and just you know, talk all about grief, sorrow, and uh, panting, uh, crying? Uh, how how does the grief counseling therapy work? Well, there's there are five stages of grief. And there's a cascade of emotions that follows when you lose a loved one. Uh, you start out with, with you know, first you start out when you know, if you know that they have a terminal illness, it's one way, one thing, you, you know, you ask, you, you say, you kind of go into denial first. This can't be happening. This is not going to happen. But if you had the experience that I had of losing a child through suicide, we didn't ever expect anything like that. Uh, she was she had bipolar disorder and her brain, it was like cancer of the brain. We didn't know that this was going to be her, her fate. But there's anger that follows that. Uh, after denial comes anger. After anger comes depression. Uh, and after depression comes, there's a stage called bartering. But in suicide, there's no bartering. It's done. But if somebody has a terminal illness themselves, They'll say, I just let me, God, let me live long enough to go to my daughter's wedding. And then finally, you come to what's called acceptance. But that process can take, depending upon the cause of death and who died, you know, we expect to lose parents before children. So when you lose a child, that's a complicated a complicated grief because it's against nature to lose a child before yourself, before a parent. So you work with people and you have them get get in touch with their feelings and be able to express it and discharge it to a benign witness, which is a, a therapist or a group of people who are sharing the same experience. And that really is helpful in learn and just and just accepting the fact that it's not our fault and we didn't cause this. And this is the destiny that was given to our lost one, our loved one. It takes time and you need to really have a good, uh, a really sim sympathetic, compassionate uh, uh, therapist or coach. And it works better with somebody that's had the same experience. That's why I'm so good at this because I lived it. I'm just not talking about it. I didn't learn it in a book or a workshop. 
I went through it and I wrote a book on it. Why did she jump? My daughter's battle with bipolar disorder. So it's 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 I would I would encourage anyone who's gone through grief and loss to get some grief counseling. Yeah, sure. Again, uh, this also reminds me. Grief uh, counseling uh, reminds me of. Uh, uh, Sinica Colway, uh, what she did uh, is she created these uh, T-shirts yeah. normally for $20, $25. Uh, she has few quotations in there. So I, I guess there would be a million women out there who would love to put a T-shirt saying, I hate the man I love. I, I promise you this. <laughs> there would be. I, I get uh, shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I'll get Sinica Calway, get in touch with you, uh, Johnny Chow. So I guess uh, everybody wants to wear a T-shirt saying, I hate the man I love. And this is this can be a viral thing also. But I'll, I'll ask, I'll pass on. Um, because she did create this grief scientist things, um, probably to spread more awareness. She's also um, uh, an entrepreneur. Uh, she she's um, uh, one of the uh, therapist counselors. Uh, she also published a book. She was one of her, on one of our podcasts. She had a written a book about how she uh, how I passed the social work licensure exam. Uh, but I'll make sure uh, she gets in touch with you. Uh, she right. she has an amazing story. She's also a life and marriage coach. Probably you both can do wonders. Uh, again, this reminds me of. Um, the KFC founder, somebody who started with his recipe in his 60s. <laughs> uh, like if if a billion people across the world wear the T-shirt saying, I hate the man I love, Johnny Childs, I guess that would be an amazing thing. One of the best things to impact the world, uh, creating that awareness among the community, uh, among the like-minded people. Uh, because every, uh, every woman out there, in fact, my own wife or uh, the kind of co communication which we have at home. I have two children. I know where this would be leading to, but again, like the way your grandchildren speak, um, uh, love your grandmother, uh, love your grandmom. So all those, I mean, they're all can be queen of hearts or princess of hearts, but prince of hearts, they all have the legacy, the kind of legacy which you are going to live um, like the way things which you shared, nobody's going to escape the uh, end of the tunnel. Everybody's going to face death. Um, sure. That's something which I truly accept also. And I strongly believe in every word which you shared, Joanny Charles. This is an awesome conversation. Probably we should do a panel discussion. I'll see if I can bring in a couple of other women uh, around this family therapy um, bring in on a conversation for a 25, 30 minute panel discussion to create more awareness, uh, not only promoting the kind of therapy, uh, the kind of writings which you have uh, done. In fact, reading is a therapy and I could see that from your books. Anybody who goes through the content by reading it, um, they are relieved from their pain. I could feel that. Why did she jump or uh, I hate the man I love and the kind of things which you had already written uh, awesome uh, work by your team, probably your SEO guy. So please convey my thanks to them. And that's how I found you. Uh, for, for everything you've done, um, for all the things which you have shared for the last 60 minutes of golden time, I will certainly get in touch with you, Johnny Charles, again. Let's do a panel with a few therapists, counselors. We'll bring in all of them together on any given day. And uh, once everybody agrees upon one particular time and let's collaborate or look forward for partnership so that few people all the other working women people working from their homes trying to balance multiple things trying to juggle too many responsibilities i know few women from india also uh, though the kind of work which we do uh, reflects only for the u.s markets i know lots of other therapists who work in the asian markets or work in the middle east or people who work in Singapore. So I'll, it'll be an awesome thing. It'll be an amalgamation of uh, all the um, wonderful experts or speakers together live, like the way the technology is bringing us together. So if you have any any other thing to share, Johnny Charles, you're more than welcome. As a last minute, um, If you uh, is there anything else which you would like to add into? 
Well, I just want to say to women out there uh, that uh, if you ever thought of leaving the man that you love, the same one that can bring you to orgasm and anger in the same day, this book is for you. And guys, you know, you can also feel the same way. I hate the woman I love. You know, it goes both ways. I just I just geared this one to women. And I just, will I be able to get a copy of this from my, from my website? Yes. Okay, yes, good. yes. Okay. I'll send you the links of the recording. That's great. And I, and I want to take this one more moment to tell you how grateful I am for giving me this opportunity to share my story, my wisdom, my experience with all of your viewers, your listeners. Thank you so much, Raj. You, you work, you work on mind up. There are, again, there are a few um, other international speakers from um uk or singapore probably who might also get in touch with you i'll pass on the word to them um how interesting podcast this was and uh, the kind of interesting conversations which they are going to have with the kind of uh, uh virtual signups uh, book signing assignments which have done already amazing work um for all the uh, listeners who are going to hit the replay through google podcast or apple podcast please share in your feedback we would love to hear from you. Um, so chime in or uh, probably send us, let us know where you are signing from if you are hitting the replay. Uh, and you will be able to uh, get in touch with Johnny Charles at the website, uh, this particular website. So if everybody has to reach you, uh, I guess, as you already mentioned, you receive uh, hundreds of emails. Um, so I guess if anybody had to reach you, Johnny Charles, what would be the best one? I see the website is right here. Yeah, and the email is uh, Joan E.C., J-O-A-N-E-C, at AOL.com, or where I answer most of them is JoniChilds.com at Gmail. I mean, JoniChilds at, at Gmail.com. Oh, okay. Awesome. I'll just put that in here. So, uh, JoniCAOL.com and um, JoniChildsGmail.com. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I and uh, if you know if they if they put on there any any reflection or any association with you Raj, just put the word Raj somewhere in there i will do my best to to respond and i appreciate that too i want you know i want i, I want to hear the feedback from others that's how you grow that's how you learn okay yeah first thing is i'll get in touch with Seneca. i'll ask her if she can get the t-shirts uh, for you, probably if she can do it uh, for probably through her website or through a couple of other partners, if the T-shirts would hit because everybody would wear shirts or everybody would have clothing. But apart from having the I Hate the Man I Love T-shirt, I guess they would also get a copy of the book. Probably would add in or probably she would have the marketing ideas how to spread the word or probably I'll um, ask her to get in touch with you yes. or you both can have a discussion and take it forward um and uh, we will we will see there are a couple of other licensed therapist counselors whom we can bring all together for mutual win-win benefit time uh taking the message forward for impacting um thousands or millions of lives in fact you have already done that with all the other people through your website through the videos the kind of network which is already on linkedin thank you so much um Giovanni charles i appreciate all your time and thank you so much. I'll I'll talk to you again soon. I appreciate bye -bye. you. Bye bye. Happy healthy bye -bye. safe. Yeah, thank you so much, ma'am. You wish you the same. Okay. Happy weekend. You too.